on today's show, Grammy-nominated songwriter, producer, and former pop singer, Christian Davis. Hey, how's it going, man? Yes, Christian Davis here. Super happy to be on the Mike Brand Show. Uh, wow, we just go way back, man. It's good to, good to keep talking and hanging with you ever since my artist days. Welcome to the Mike Rand Show. And today's special guest is former pop singer and Grammy-nominated songwriter and producer, Christian Davis. Hey, Christian, how are you? Hey, what's up, Mike? Good to be here on the Mike Rand Show. Just uh, enjoying this beautiful weather out here in Nashville right now. Thanks for coming on here today. So basically, let's get started with the beginning. How did you get started in the music industry? Well, uh... I guess my start would have been right after being born in the hospital. I was put on a 35-foot tour bus, and my parents were in revival in Christian music, and I started singing from a very young age, and I was performing in front of 30 to 60,000 people by the age of six with a, a Christian artist by the name of Carmen way back in the 80s. <laughs> and where did you grow up in? I grew up in Jacksonville, Florida until I was 18, signed my record deal in, out of New York and started traveling the country uh, for my own deal. Okay, awesome. And where I actually saw you from in the beginning was actually on this famous talk show back in the day called the Jenny Jones Show. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your memories going on the Jenny Jones Show? Uh, man, we did so many shows and so much publicity back then. Loved the Jenny Jones Show, of course. I mean just the market was different back then. So you got in where you could fit in and everyone was doing, you know, guest appearances on any show or, or network or, or, you know, magazine, whatever you could do back then. So I did have a blast with that one. I remember taking a few uh, dancers and, and performing a, the single, I guess, on the Jenny Jones show. It was great. And speaking of magazines, you were on the cover of 16 Magazine too, where there was a little contest, right? Yeah. I did 16 Magazine, uh, all those back then, Tiger Beat, uh, Teen Celebrity. We, we, we tried to get on everything we could back then. And you opened up for a lot of famous people back in the day. You opened up for Destiny's Child, Christina Aguilera, Backstreet Boys, and Sync. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the memories of opening up for some of those groups? Yeah, man, it was just a blast. I mean, you know, 90s pop was was awesome, second to none for me at least. Um, we had a lot of fun, a lot of amphitheater fun, played a lot of basketball with uh, some of the cat, you know, the crew and and the artists of Instinct Backstreet, those guys, a lot of basketball in, in, in the back of these amphitheaters and a lot of hotel fun and I mean, there's even other groups like LFO and 98 Degrees that I was on tour with and you know, I mean, Tim's still a good friend of mine from 98, and it, it, we just had fun, man. It was just a good time, you know, talented people, and and we were all pretty hardworking as well. Who was the best at basketball, would you say? Was there anybody that was great at it? 
I think we I think we all just were athletic. We're dancers. We're very hand eye coordinated. Um, man, I think I think Justin played really well. Hmm. Man, I think that I forget the dude's name from LFO, but he had a great three throw, a free a three pointer shot. But um, I don't know if anybody stood out. We were just all just having fun, you know. <laughs> so yep. <laughs> Now, back at that time, just so everybody knows, it was really big time, late 90s, early 2000s in pop music. It was at, like at the height. And those were basically like the first and second albums for the people like Christina and Sank. Actually, those were like their big albums days. Um, can you tell us a little bit about just like what record sales were like way back when? Man, it was crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, I sold about a million records and was frowned upon almost because NSYNC was selling 8 million in the in the first week, you know, and I'm it's just what it was. I mean, record sales were just phenomenal. Diamond records right out the gate, like Destiny's Child. I mean, it was just, it was just a wonderful time. It was right when I would say because of CDs and the lack of the internet, like it was a controlled market. There wasn't any kind of streaming or like you had to buy things back then. So so you could get that tracking order of, I mean, I guess streams now you can track, but you can you can hype those up a little easier than you could actual CD sales back then. So it was just massive. It was awesome. Yeah, because back then we really had to go out and buy that album to hear it. If you didn't hear it on the radio, there was no way for us to hear it. No internet, right. no streaming. So we really saved our money and we're like, oh, we can go out this Tuesday would be the big record day. Go out to the record store, buy everybody that you want on Tuesday. And it, it really, you had to pick and choose too because there were so many great artists back then. Um, yeah. Looking back when you hear like those stations playing those old songs, you're like, man, everything was really awesome from back there then in that time. Yeah, I, I actually had to buy, you know, double and triple copies of records because they would get scratched or I would I just burn them I'd listen and burn them up you know what I mean like I definitely bought more than one copy of a number of different artists back in the day so it was awesome to do that you know these kids nowadays they they they've got it made but they'll never know that like just man you didn't get to hear it unless you went and got it you know exactly and back then it was people were buying full albums even though that you did have single sales, now it's completely changed the landscape of music. Can you tell us a little right. bit about how it's changed over the years? Oh, I mean, I, I think it's very evident, but um, yeah, I mean, even if you wanted to hear that single again, unless you were gonna do the old bootleg copy of press and record and play at the same time on your cassette deck and getting a little clip of the DJs talking, because you wanted to catch your favorite songs and making, I mean, we really made mixtapes back then because they were, they were our favorite songs on cassette tapes. That was the reason for the name mixtape. <laughs> and, um, you know, now the playlists and the mixtapes and stuff are, are just, you can download them, it's streaming, it's whatever. And you really had to catch it. If you're one of those love songs, you had to hit that Delilah Midnight thing or whatever. Like, it's just so many different cool things that we had to go through to get music and it made it sweeter because we had to work a little harder for what we wanted. Um, but now, I mean, I, I'm not knocking this industry at all. I love the fact that it's streaming. There's so much great content out. There's so many great talented young artists and ideas that are just all over the internet and, you know, attainable. 
for creative purposes as well as for listening purposes. I mean, you know, I really do love what we do. And, um, you know, the, there's so many benefits that they outweigh some of the, the things that we had, I guess, you know. Or remember another fun thing that we used to have to do is call the radio station and request a song, especially if it wasn't out on single yet. And you'd sit there and you wait all hour for that song to say to play. And just like you said, we're sitting there with our cassette player, ready to hit record, trying to not get the DJ talking so we can get the song. Yeah. Moments yeah. like that. <laughs> it was a it was a blast, man. And people were a part of the actual making and breaking of an artist back then. I mean, the fans were the reason for it, you know? I mean, they were some of the best, I would say, radio curators. You know, those requests and everything is what did it for a lot of us, you know? And I really, I know it's been freaking 20 years for me, but I really thank the people that did. You know, there's a lot of, I had a lot of fans in Florida and, and Melbourne and stuff like that, because I'm from Florida and Northeast was great. Like, I know I had a lot of fans in Syracuse and stuff like that. and they really helped me get on those radio stations and it was, it was awesome. It, you know, it was a real connection for me for sure. I loved it. So now in the beginning you were signed to Babylon records, correct? Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about that and then where you went from there? Yeah, I was, I got signed to Babylon records, which was uh, a subsidiary of trauma, which was no doubt. And um, those guys, and they kind of wanted to get into the pop market as a label so i became their pop artist their flagship pop artist and dennis lambert was a humongous songwriter in the 70s and 80s and it was his label man he just taught me so much about songwriting as well i didn't write on any of my first album um, but i i just continued to grow in my music toured everywhere tons of mall tours Coconut, Tower Records. I mean, there were so many record stores back then, and we were doing record signings in those stores and in those malls. Um, man, it was just a hard running and gunning and touring and marketing, you know, promoting that record on, you know, really boots on the ground vibe back in the day. Um, and then when I got my biggest tour, which was the Christina Aguilera Destiny's Child Tour, opening up for them, 16,000 people a night. Uh, the single, the single had been doing well. Uh, we got two singles in two different Adam Sandler movies, Little Nicky and something else, and an Olsen twin movie. There was a nice little buzz going about me, so I moved to Los Angeles and uh, started writing and producing for other people, and slipped into more of a writer and a producer vibe, and you know, just started loving that. Really starting to create for for more people, you know, and just it it just it really excited my my musical side. So I wasn't worried as much about being the artist. Yep, so you went on then to EMI and Sony Music, correct? I linked up, yeah, I linked up with Rodney Jerkins who did Destiny's Child and a bunch of people. If you look him up, he did, I think he did Telephone for Lady Gaga. I mean, you can look up Rodney Jerkins or Dark Child Productions. And I got signed to, you know, Rodney, as a writer and started writing and producing for a lot of people got signed to EMI and you know I, I I've done a lot of people <laughs> boys to men I don't I don't remember I've, I've done a lot of people Elder Bars, 50 Cent, Snoop Dogg, Lil Wayne um a lot of people 
Yep. And then, like you just mentioned, Elda Barge. So you were actually nominated for a Grammy for your work with Elda Barge. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, we just had a blast. Elda Barge is an unbelievable singer, comes from an unbelievable family. Uh, I got the opportunity for him to come over to my house and to start working on a new project for him that came out called uh, Second Chance, signed to Interscope with Jimmy Iovine. One of the best compliments I ever had in my career was Jimmy Iovine telling me that, you know, that my records made him a believer of this project. Um, and so I really helped form the sound from the, from the beginning with L and, and his management at the time was uh, working with me. So yeah, we got that album got nominated for R and B album of the year at the Grammys. So in turn, that means I got also nominated for R and B album of the year because I worked on the album. It's kind of how that goes. It's not really my Grammy, but it is my, <laughs> it's, I'm definitely a part of it. So I'm, I'm honored to be a part of it. And, I did help kind of lay the ground date, uh, the found foundation groundwork for that project. Yeah. And like you said, you've worked with so many artists. So I'm going to name some of them right now. You've worked with Snoop Dogg, 50 Cent, Boys to Men, French Montana, Montel Jordan, Lil Wayne, Michelle Williams, Donnie Wahlberg, Travis Barker, Aubrey O'Jay, Day 26, Ludacris, Warren G. It just goes on and on and on. Um, is there any one of, like, I know I named you a bunch of names, but is there any special memory with any of those people um, in particular that you could share with us? Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't really want the, let's put it this way. There's special memories with more than half of those people because, you know, when you go into a studio, you're trying to create a special memory. So you really do connect with people um, at whatever level they are you know, and, and great artists, which are all the ones that you named, know how to connect and, and, and channel into what they want to say on a record. So I've had some special memories with all of them. I've talked to them about my personal life and things I'm going through at the time. And they've talked to me and, and we've used those things or ran from those things, <laughs> one or the other in, a, in the writing session to create great music, you know, because it's if, if you're not if you're not really living it then it's then it's not real art you know so yep I've, I've loved the, yeah i've loved the fact that i've created special memories with most all of those people was there anybody maybe that maybe surprised you in the record studio or who really impressed you more than you thought of them um well i kind of knew everybody else elder barge impressed me because to be actually such a great well-rounded artist player and writer and singer um especially at his age and and you know back in the day especially coming from a family you don't know sometimes who's who you know um so he definitely impressed me i tell you who else i never i never knew i mean it's it's evident now but when i did the new kids on the block stuff i guess that was about seven to ten years ago now um but i never knew that donnie was was such a mogul that he was such a businessman that he was behind the scenes on so many awesome projects and you know that his writing and his you know i just really appreciate when when people come in and they and they have more to offer than what you're doing you know so there's just, I, I just appreciate certain guys for different reasons. Artistry wise, everyone I knew 
was going to be who they were pretty much. You know what I mean? Is there anybody that you really want to work with that you haven't had the chance to work with yet? Uh, I mean, I just want to work with people that want to work. I mean, I could, I could name, uh, you know, I love, I'd love to hang. See, the thing for me, is not even working. Like, I just want to be around the vibe. Like Anderson Pac is, I just have loved his vibe. He's just a cool cat. I'd love to be in the studio and see how he works. Um, of course, I'd love to give some big, big records to some guys, especially moving here to Nashville. I've, I mean, there's some guys like Hardy, who's a, I just, I love his writing. I'd love to work with him. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to get geeky on this, on this show, but I've got, I've got people I want to work with for reasons, you know, that are separate than just being big. Like they're just, I just respect their swag, you know? What advice would you give somebody who wants to enter the record industry? I think the most important advice for entering in the music industry is to remain humble throughout the whole process. Um, you know, there's always something to learn. There's always a better song to write. There's always, you know, more style to, to, to be found, to come up with, to, to, to learn. I mean, just stay humble through the whole process because you're going to write a great song or perform a great song or sing a great song. And then down the road, you're going to beat and better yourself. So just stay humble the whole time. And, you know, you're, th this circle is smaller as you go up and you're going to, you're going to hang with those people. I have been so blessed to do bigger deals with guys that I've known for longer that have just called me. And it's just such a blessing because, you know, people want to work with people they want to work with, you know? So just stay humble and have fun. And what are a few things that you can share with the audience that maybe people wouldn't normally know about you that it would be cool, like some cool facts about yourself? Cool facts. Mm. <laughs> Without giving away too much. Well, I mean, I've got a few motorcycles. I, I, I'm a regular dude. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dad now, uh, a, a very happy dad. I've got four daughters, so I, I live with five women. Uh, that's definitely a fact that people don't know. Um, I, I like to work on old cars and, and, and build stuff with my hands when I'm not working on music. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think that's a lot of cool facts right there, you know? <laughs> yep. And now what we're going to do is we're going to play the lightning round where I'm going to do a special deluxe edition, late nineties, early two thousands. And I'm going to name you some artists and you tell me which one you really loved back then. So first one, the ultimate big question everybody always asks, Backstreet or NSYNC? I'm an NSYNC guy. I was just always more of an urban guy. I love Backstreet for what they were, but NSYNC just had a swag that I was, you know, more my thing. Okay. Britney Spears or Christina Aguilera? Uh, again, I would have to say, you know, Britney really had her thing down, you know, as a, as a, as a performer, but I'm an R&B head and Christina is, is my thing for sure. Jessica Simpson or Mandy Moore? Mm. Well, Mandy had, I think Mandy had a bigger career, right? I mean, Jessica has become a bigger household name and, you know, I, I think I bought a couple of those high heel shoes that she's sold and everything else for my house here. So, <laughs> Uh, 
I'd say Mandy as a Mandy as an artist and Jessica as an entrepreneur. TLC or Salt and Pepper? Uh, TLC for me. Kid Rock or Limp Biscuit? Man, well, because Limp's from you know Jacksonville, and I went to school with John Otto and all those guys at Douglas Anderson School of the Arts in Jacksonville, I'm gonna have to go with Limp. Eminem or Dr. Dre? Well, Dr. Dre, because Eminem is, you know, Dr. Dre did him. 98 degrees or five? Hmm. Let's go five. Spice Girls or All Saints? Spice Girls. Destiny's Child or In Vogue? Oh, Destiny's Child. Although In Vogue was awesome, but more R&B and Destiny's Child was the pop. Good Charlotte or Blink-182? Blink-182. Madonna or Janet Jackson? Madonna. Alanis Morissette or Joan Osborne? Alanis. Natalie Merchant or 10,000 Maniacs? Natalie. Ace of Base or Real McCoy? Ace of Base, for sure. Mariah Carey or Whitney Houston? Ah, this is where you slow me up. Whitney, for me, but... Man, Mariah just had a run of everything, you know? Youngstown or Bewitched? Youngstown. LFO or O-Town? Uh, definitely O-Town. Jennifer Lopez or Ricky Martin? J-Lo. I mean, she's still, she's still J-Lo. <laughs> <laughs> and then the biggest song that you would say that really kind of defined that era, would you say, Baby One More Time, I Want It That Way, or Bye Bye Bye? Hmm. I mean, I guess the biggest would be I want it that way, right? But bye 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 for me was the was the one. Yep. Wasn't I want it that way bigger though, right? I want it that way was bigger, yeah. Yeah, but bye 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 was just that was swag for me. I mean, I mean, I mean all those such great hits. I mean, they just defined my childhood right. era. Right. I mean everything. Yeah. And what would you like to say to all the fans that are out there watching today? Man, I just want to say thanks. And, you know, if, if I literally still have a fan out there, then that is awesome. And thank y'all. And, you know, may the 90s live on. <laughs> and um, how would somebody be able to get to contact you? Oh, I don't know. I mean... I don't know how to get in contact with myself. I've got I've got one Christian Dave, the number one Christian Davis on Instagram. Uh, I guess that's the best way. I mean, I'm kind of on Instagram. That kind of does everything. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I had a blast. Guys, thanks for watching, and we'll talk to you all soon. Thank you, everybody.